What is up, guys? I'm Nick Salotis. What is up, guys? I'm Peter Lutz, and this is the Long Game Podcast. We're going to be talking all about real estate, every aspect of real estate. And three, two, one, go. What is up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to episode two of the Long Game Podcast uh, here with Peter Lutz. I uh, just wanted to come to you guys. Obviously, we're going through some interesting times right now in the real estate industry. Um, definitely things have been changing over the last few weeks. I mean, every day seems to be something new. So I just wanted to come to you guys, give you guys an idea of what we've been dealing with, things that we're seeing, uh, where we see some opportunity coming over the next few months. Um, hopefully we can help you out and navigate these times. Um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, it's a crazy time. I think the last time we we started our first podcast, none of this had happened. And it's uh world's kind of turned upside down on everyone. Um, our industry specifically with um, being a landlord, you know, development projects, real estate sales, brokerage. I mean, you can't even really get into properties to show them anymore. Um, so yeah, I think it, it potentially is going to bring some good opportunities. Um, we haven't really seen anything specifically now. I think we're still kind of in a fear mode. But it really depends how long it's going to last. I mean, what have you been kind of... Yeah, I mean, when this first came in, everybody, um, when the shelter-in-place first started, I think in regards to the residential market, people are still in a good position to buy. So we really didn't see anything over that first three or four weeks. I mean, people are still out there. People are still buying homes. Rates are low, so that's good. I mean, the most difficult thing over the last few weeks is getting people into homes safely. Um, A lot of people are scared to go out. Um, We've been doing a lot of virtual tours, um, a lot of accepted offers based on virtual tours. So that's been pretty interesting seeing how things have changed. Um, But honestly, I think the residential side with rates being low, so low, um, you're definitely seeing it. um, Definitely the higher end market, um, anything over a million. uh, I've talked to a few brokers that said nothing's moving up there, but anything between like seven and a million is still moving pretty well. Anything in the lower end markets, three to five has been moving well. Like I said, it's yeah. just tough. It's just tough peop- getting people into properties. I think like the last um, three family, we put an offer in, we actually bought it with just going in the basement. Um, so there's a lot of that going on, believe it or not. You buy it and then you hope you can put on freaking gloves and like walk through a couple apartments at some point during the process. But it's... Uh, it's weird, but I think this demand around here in the North Shore area is still really high. So people haven't really sunk in yet to the fear. Like you saw the stock market drop immediately. And I think in a month to two months from now, there's going to be some good buying opportunities for investors um, because I think this isn't going to end immediately and there's going to be lasting effects from it. So I think if you kind of sit tight for a little while, you'll get some good opportunities and a lot of stuff will free up because people are just going to get sick of the bullshit. Like it's hard enough collecting rents in April 1st and then May 1st is going to be harder than if May's closed, June 1st is going to be impossible. Like commercial, I mean, I have 12 commercial tenants and all the businesses are closed right now. Um, So you work with everyone and you do the best you can, but it's not, you still have your mortgage to pay your taxes, all that stuff. So it's not, it's not a fun time. And if a business is out of business or not out of business, but closed, like what the hell can you do? I mean, it's like, it's tough. 
It really is. No, it's definitely tough, especially, I mean, investment property wise, whether you're buying or you're a landlord right now. I mean, last month I had two tenants I couldn't pay. We still have mortgages to pay. The forbearance program, people think it's, oh, I don't have to pay my mortgage. But little do you know, if you don't pay it two, three, four months, I mean, on that fifth month, you're paying all five of those months. And if it's late, it's late. And it's such a fine line. Like you don't want to be insensitive and like a total jerk, but it's a business and you have to pay your bills. So you have to get, you know, it's just, it's an uncomfortable situation for us to be in. Like you want to be nice to people, but at the same time, you have to get some rent or else you're going to be in huge trouble. No, I agree. And it's especially with even deals that you have clients under with right now. I mean, things have changed a lot. Lending's changed a lot. Their parameters on what their lending has changed. I've had a couple of guys that have backed out and are just waiting for the for things to settle down. Um, a lot of investors right now think there's going to be some opportunities to come. So it's really an unknown time whether you should go ahead and close on those deals. If you should back out and kind of wait for the dust to settle, maybe you're going to find a couple of better deals that are out there. But we keep going back to rates. I mean, rates are so low that it's keeping a lot of these guys in these deals. Yeah, and I you, agree. And a lot of things that if rates go up in the next two or three months, well, it doesn't really matter. So if you're buying a property for a million and your your rate's 3%, well, now if you're buying for 850 and your rate's five and a half, like what was the better deal? Right. So it's kind of working through those numbers and taking each deal on a case-by-case basis, but you can't, I just feel like you can't operate in fear right now. You still have to operate and, and get as much information and be as well-informed as you can going into these deals because I think it's still a good time to buy. Yeah. I think that the lending industry is changing for commercial lending. There's still some smaller banks or, or local banks that are still kind of aggressively lending. I mean, Cape Ann Savings Bank was the last loan we got. Um, shout out to Mike Luster. But they're still lending. Um, but I think like some of the bigger banks are really getting tight. Like they're going to want 30, 40% down and, uh, fairly strict underwriting rules. Um, the appraisals are still coming in obviously cause prices have stayed, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, so and re- along the lines of lending, I mean, right now you've, I've seen more waived appraisals over the last two weeks. I mean, you have clients coming to you and a- asking if that's, that's a good thing, if they should accept it. Um, but really, an appraisal is there to protect the mortgage company. So if they're waiving these appraisals, you have to feel comfortable on the purchase that you're making. Um, right. No bank is just going to go and waive an appraisal if they think that they're going to be over lending and this is going to be underwater. So like I said, it's an interesting time. I've seen a lot of things that, I mean, I've, I've only been in the industry for five years. Um, we've had a, two of our partners here have been in the industry a lot longer um, and a lot of this stuff they have seen. Um, so if you're going to be going into this market and you're going to be making some purchases and being aggressive while other people are sitting on the sidelines, you definitely want to be surrounded by people that have been around, are comfortable making these decisions and can inform you as well as they can um, on things that they've seen over the on, during 08 and 01. Yeah. I mean, if you're just a new guy and you're, you're working with somebody that hasn't seen much and he's just telling you to, to pull the trigger on a purchase. I right. mean, those are the kind of things you want to avoid right now. I don't know if you share the same. Yeah, I think everyone's probably different. Like 08, 09, people said they've never seen that before for different reasons. This, no one's ever seen before for completely different reasons. I guess 1917 or whatever, the flu back then was bad. But 
I mean, we've never, I mean, we're shut down. Like, think about that for a second. Shut down, like shut the hell down. You're wearing masks to get takeout. I mean, no, no one ever could have predicted this. It seems though, like it's not a function of like a financial thing that happened. It's more just an event that hopefully we get through and things normalize fast, but I don't know. What's the side effects of like our tables and restaurants going to be spread out now? Are, you know, people just going to be scared? Like, are we going to go to bars the same? I think the businesses, it's like, that's the scariest part. Like housing is housing. Like, you know, people are always going to need a place to live, but the businesses and the restaurants in those industries is the scariest by far, in my opinion. No, I agree. So, I mean, right now, I'm sure you're talking to a lot of people, investors right now, they're pulling out their cash. They're waiting on the sidelines for some deals to come across their table. I mean, there's certain sectors that you stick to. Everybody needs a place to live. Are we trying to stick to buying residential units and multifamilies? Or do you still think it's a risk to go buy larger commercial projects or retail plazas? I still think local downtown retail is still going to be good. I think the scariest thing would be if you owned a mall or if you have big box retailers, um, because like you look at Amazon stock, I mean, seems like there's going to be two Kings, Walmart and Amazon, and everyone else is going to be done. Um, but I think the local retail, like a mixed use properties downtown, local, like industrial storage, contractor yards, those are still great buys. Um, I just be really careful of the long-term retail like what retailers long term are going to make it and what aren't um so when you're going into these deals now i mean you're still active you've been looking at a lot of stuff um a lot of our clients have as well as i mean what i'm telling my clients to go in is obviously to have that buffer maybe where we were budgeting for a five percent or ten percent vacancy maybe we're increasing it to 15 or 20 and trying to make sure that even our rent numbers, if we think we're going to be pulling in 2000 a unit, maybe we're pulling in 18. Yeah. Is that something that you hold that you'd stick to during these times or is it still, you can be a little bit aggressive. I think anyone who buys property, unless it's a triple net knows the 5% vacancy is kind of bullshit, even in good times. So I would say, yeah, I mean, a deal won't. The problem is the deal won't work at the prices. But the reality is, it's probably north of ten, like fifteen, you know. And right now, I mean, you might be collecting sixty percent of your rent, seventy percent of your rent. But um, yeah, you got to be careful and have a buffer. But it's still upside buys. Like if you feel like it's not going to make money right now, but you know, it's it's going to over time. That's still probably good. But I think. You got to build a cushion in like you got to have reserves, maybe buy something with a decent amount of reserves. What I'm saying is so like you can carry the property for three or four months if if uh, you got no rent and then that's probably safe because you can stabilize it after that. But I mean, if you're looking at it now, so say you have properties, I mean, things are still selling for a good number. So it's not like the market's completely collapsed. Is this something where you look at it and maybe you sell a larger property and have that cash because you see more deals coming? Or is it you just stand and pat and take it on basically with the equity that you have to buy new stuff? It's kind of like gambling. Like, yeah, you can sell it and get a good number right now. But if you can't find anything to buy it with, you know, there's there's no point. So yeah. you're sitting there with cash. Like I know someone who's had a million dollars in cash for like a year. And it's like, 
couldn't find anything to buy because the prices are so high. So it's a balance. I mean, I think if you have like a dog property that's not performing well and seems like people use the term loaded, meaning like it's got a lot of issues and you feel like it's really management intensive and risky, it's probably sell that and the prices are still good. So probably sell that now. But um, as far as getting an opportunity to buy, who knows? You got to hustle. Like it's like anything. You know, you got to hustle. Like you got to hit the ground. You got to hit the pavement. You got to talk to 20 people to get one lead. And that one lead might work out one out of 10 times. So you got to talk to 100, 200 people. That's the reality. People tell you something else. It's just, it's not true. There's no secret to it. You know, anyone who's done a lot of deals will tell you that. It's no secret. Make 10 offers. One, you might get a counter right now. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's doable. And when you get that deal, it's very lucrative, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, say you have a portfolio right now, you have 10 units, 20 units. Are you selling off maybe like a two or three family that isn't really doing much for you in regards to cash flow, but maybe you have some equity. And so you're holding more cash to, to kind of push the other properties through, or are you just, like I said, are we just holding on right now? collecting the rents that you can, staying afloat and kind of seeing where the market goes over the next three to six months. Because I have guys that own smaller portfolios that are like, oh, I'm going to sell this three family and just have cash. Maybe I find a better deal in the next coming months, but I'd rather have cash right now than holding this asset that's pulling in $1,000 a month, $1,500 a month. I think it depends. Like you don't want to get into a really risky situation where you have no opportunity to get cash. But uh, if you have quick ways to pull cash, you could probably just keep your equity in the properties. Um, but yeah, if you really have no way to get cash and you have a portfolio right now, you should sell something and build up at least a little bit. So you can, like I said, four or five months, carry all your properties. Um, but you know, and the other thing is if you need cash right now, people always say people lend you money when you don't need the money. Um, and right now a lot of people need the money, so you might have trouble getting money. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, but I don't know. There's, there's two ways to look at it. Like there's pessimism and optimism. Optimism is this could be a good opportunity to reset everything. And, you know, I'm talking not from a health personal level. Like this is a totally different conversation. This is strictly from investing, not trying to be insensitive to what people are going through and, I understand it's horrible and feel sympathetic, but from an investing standpoint, this could be an optimistic thing because you could get a complete shakeup in three or four months from now, you have tons of opportunities out there. And, you know, when there's, when there's blood in the streets, invest is what a lot of people say. Yeah. I mean, everybody says you make your money on the buy side. Yeah. How many people have told us that? So hundred percent. I think we have so many people in our firm and stuff looking to buy and looking for opportunities. Um, so if that does happen, the, it would be incredible for everyone. I think if there's just a lot of opportunities out there, you know, like, so, I mean, looking at the market right now, I mean, where, where do you see the opportunities? Where have you been focusing it more? I mean, if you're looking at, it's been, six weeks now where people have started to lose their jobs. Maybe they've gone through their emergency fund. I mean, I have a small, I have 10 units, two people haven't paid. So I'm at 80% have been paid. I mean, you have larger stuff, you have retail. 
I mean, out of your residential, commercial, and retail tenants, I mean, where do you see the bulk of the people not paying, and where do you see it getting worse quickly? The business tenants, um, I have, I have myself probably like thirty or so apartments, and I have uh, other stuff in partnerships, but the apartments have been very good. We haven't really had any issues. Um, the retail and business side, we're uh, trying to help people out and and that's going to get bad. Because um, anyone knows it's hard enough to begin with to have a small business and, you know, with all the expenses and the competition and then you can't even be open. Yeah. So, I mean, you just, you feel bad. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the hardest part right now. So obviously when we're talking about opportunities out there, are you even considering retail clauses? I, I mean, we've talked about a couple of mixed use properties over the last few weeks. It's like, do you just completely abandon those? Because I mean, with everything going on and tenants not paying, I mean, those rent rolls that we're seeing right now are basically, I mean, there's, there's no backing to them. You can't, nobody's going to be paying those, those rents. If the price adjusts to it, I wouldn't write off anything. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't pay like market like a price that is based on getting all the rents. But I mean, I think anything at a, at the right price would be good. Um, I was just we just saw a property in Gloucester the other day, um, and that was a mixed use. Right, it was seven apartments and three retail, just for example, and. That seemed pretty interesting. And part of the reason it seemed interesting, we were talking before this, is um, if you did buy that, like we haven't been to Gloucester, right? If you did buy that in downtown on Main Street, you would start to figure out the town and then you could create another little niche in that town, in that little market, because there's all kinds of opportunities to do different things in downtown properties. Like, you know, square, if you have big square footage in a downtown building, you have a lot of range of creative opportunities to do things. Um, so I think if you can get buy something right in a downtown area that you feel like is a good, good town or a good city, I think that's a great way to break in and then create a niche in that downtown area. So, I mean, I don't know. The safest thing is still apartments, like, right. You agree with that. I, I mean, especially right now. I mean, I just see re- retail is difficult. I mean, especially when, you can't go to work. It's not that you don't want to. You're not allowed to open your doors. How long do, How long is that going to go on for? And then it's three to six months down the road and we're still dealing with this. How long do we think that it's going to be until people actually go back to normal way of life where they want to go into a restaurant with 50 people or they, yeah. they want to go into a Dunkin' Donuts and stand in line two feet from somebody? I yeah. just think there's a lot of unknowns. And there's a lot of people that even when this is lifted and we can, can go back outside and you can start working, it's how many of those, how many people are going to voluntarily go back into those, no, those normal everyday situations? Yeah. It's not, wouldn't you agree that it's not really bad yet in real estate? It kind of hasn't caught up yet. I think if this continues for another two months, it's going to get bad. And then people are going to start dumping stuff and, There'll be a lot of properties on the market, but right now it's still early. It's still early. Yeah. It's really still early. It's still early. Like I said, people hopefully still have some reserves, but if you're going 
three or four months, five months without a paycheck and you're not paying. Yeah. If employment drops even more. I mean, so six weeks ago, you'd have an open house. You'd have 50 groups through. How many of those people are real buyers? Bugs outside and stuff. Maybe it's 10 groups are actually interested and you have 40 other people that you can meet and potentially might become a client. Now you're, you're showing the same property to five people. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't lost any sales really at start as far as stuff we've had under agreement. I mean, the only place that I've seen deals falling through is in two regards. I mean, the investment side with all the new landlord tenant laws and yeah, people not having to pay their rents and you not being able to evict them. I had a client walk away just because of the uncertainty. One is that if a tenant's not paying now and we don't know if they're going to be paying for four months, yeah, are you going to take on that risk and take on that tenant? Right. And then the only other one is now, I mean, you need proof of employment before you close on a mortgage. So I had one deal come down to the wire. Um, client still has a job. Everything went well. But I mean, a lot of people that have lost their jobs. Yeah. That's really the only other place that I've seen mortgages falling through. Not because nobody's just been scared and saying, I don't, I don't want to buy right now. Yeah. It's just all these unknown circumstances that fall into place. What about the new, this is one thing that really scares me. And I, I don't know what your take is on this. The new, rental market. So if you're finishing a project or you have, you know, apartments coming on the market that you need to rent the apartments, not sell. Yeah. What's that like right now? And are rents going to get compressed? Is it going to be harder for people to move and afford new apartments when you're getting into a new lease? So I think right now in regards to like new construction tenants, I don't think you're going to have any issue because people are going to you have a good product. People want to move in. They want to be, especially the first tenant. I think yeah. where you're seeing a lot of pushback is rental units that have tenants currently in them and you're trying to show it and those tenants aren't allowing you to show those buildings. Right. People like it, people are just scared to be around people, to be in unknown situations right now. I think yeah. if, if you wait and that you get that unit vacant and it's you get it deep cleaned and you're in there for 48 hours and you can start showing it freely and People aren't scared. I mean, we're still showing apartments and people are renting them. It's those unknowns where you have tenants that are still there for another 30 days and they don't want people in their space and the other people that don't want to go into their space. But I haven't seen rents drop yet. People are still out there. I mean, we have a rental unit on for $2,200 in Beverly. People are looking at it. It hasn't rented. It's been on for roughly two weeks but we've shown it three or four times i mean yeah i mean it has to though like with the unemployment numbers and people just not it just it seems to me like that's going to be the next trickle effect like we're getting stimulus things are kind of still optimistic and fine right now but eventually when businesses have closed because they will close the the weak ones will close the strong ones will stay I I just the high rent apartments I I don't know I I'm scared of that and that I'm scared for myself because I'm finishing an 11 unit building in downtown Beverly um, that is going to be done and ready to rent in probably two three months so I don't know so yeah I mean where you see it in the luxury I mean with Beverly Crossings new buildings I mean their rents some of them are over three thousand I mean some of the old Salem Jail apartments those are. 26 to 3,000. Maybe you see those rents come down. Yeah. I mean, those luxury apartments are going to be tough to, to yeah. keep up. But I think the normal investor that's rented between 16 and 
yeah. 2000. I mean, I don't really see those taking a hit. And I mean, everybody wants new construction. So the new stuff, I think, will still move. People, it's downtown location. I think yeah. those are going to be big. Anything near the train, anything new is still going to be popular. Maybe it's those, the guys that bought and need 2000 a unit in an undesirable area that are really going to be the ones affected. Right. I mean, you saw $2,000 being rented for any three bed in Beverly, no matter where it was. I mean, pieces of crap were renting for 2000. Like they did no work to them. Just kind of like, yeah, just put them on. And so I think those people are going to be in a tough shape that the landlords that aren't putting any money back into their investments that with just the lack of rental units before we're getting lucky. I mean, those people are going to have to spend some money. So if you don't have that reserve, like we were talking about, I think those those landlords might be in for right. a rude awakening, and those rents are definitely going to go down. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, that's where I come back to when we were talking earlier. It's when you're looking at investments now, are you basing them on 10% less in- gross income? I think you have to. You, you just have to, you know? Yeah. Unless there's huge upsides in the rent, like they're renting for $800. But, yeah, I think you have to be very conservative with rent prices now. Yeah. Meaning like if the market says in comp say 2000, assume 1800, 1750 for what you can get. I mean, assumptions are so big. People go into so many deals with bad assumptions and high assumptions. So it's like if they hit it perfectly, it works out, but there's really no way to hit it perfectly. So they're just like bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. Like if you go in with conservative assumptions and it still works, you hit it out of the park if you get the, the assumptions that could you could get. So I, I think, I don't know. I just, I hope we get through this and it's going to be a difficult time for a while. So that's all we can do one day at a time, right? One day. I mean, that's it. Day by day. Figure out figure out your your next path. I mean, you just have to make sure, like we've talked about the whole podcast, that you're taking all the information and just making the best the best decisions you can. I mean, yeah. you can't just be numb and just stand still and not do anything. I think it's there's still gonna be opportunity out there. You just have to be smart about it. If anyone has any questions or anything or wants any advice from us about anything, just let us know. We'd be happy to chat or whatever, answer any questions. Um, cause we love this stuff. I mean, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but the people that it is, they love it. Um, and hopefully they enjoy these topics and we'll have more guests on in the future. And, um, yeah, just kind of wanted to give you a update on the crazy times we're having. Yeah, guys, good luck with anything. If you guys have questions, if you're going through some tough times, if you're dealing with a lot of these issues in regards to tenant issues if you're under in under in a deal and you wonder if it's you should move forward or back out i mean feel free to give us a call or shoot us a message anytime i mean we're just in it because we want to help people so if we can help you guys out in any way i mean that's that's a win for us right all right have a good one stay safe Thank you guys for checking out our Long Game podcast today. We're going to be coming at you a lot more often over the next year. Feel free to check us out at HerrickLutz.com. Subscribe, follow, hit us up with questions, and we're out.